Welcome to Exaltation. This is Father David Masterson bringing you the beautiful, the good, and the true. Our scripture today is Matthew 18, 21 to 35. Then Peter came to Jesus and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up until seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to seventy times seven. Therefore the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he had begun to settle the accounts, one was brought to him who owed him ten thousand talents. But as he was not able to pay, his master commanded that he be sold with his wife and children and all that he had, and that payment be made. The servant therefore fell down before him, saying, Master, have patience with me, and I will pay you everything. Then the master of that servant was moved with compassion, released him, and forgave him the debt. But that servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat and said, Pay me what you owe me. So his fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him, saying, Have patience with me and I will pay you all. But he would not and went and threw him into the prison until he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what had been done, they were very grieved and they came and told the master all that had been done. Then his master, after he had called the servant, said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Should not you also have had compassion on your fellow servant, just as I had pity upon you? And his master was very angry, and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due to him. So my heavenly Father also will do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. How difficult is it to forgive? Jim Davis, a lawyer in Atlanta, tells the story of how he met a priest in Yugoslavia who changed his life. For almost 40 years, Jim says, I have had hatred for my mother-in-law. The old lady never approved of my marriage to her daughter, she never approved of me, and she always made sure that I knew it and that my wife knew it too. She resented the fact that I have an education, that I am a lawyer. She thinks that the only honest labor is done with your hands. 
For all these years I have nursed my resentment of her until it is both a terrible festering wound and at the same time an old friend. That resentment was my constant companion wherever I went. When I met Father George, he gave me a prayer that I found both simple and difficult. Come, Holy Spirit, kindle the fire of love within me. At first, saying this prayer in regard to my mother-in-law was very, very difficult. It was like diving into a pool of icy water in the middle of winter with a temperature of 10 degrees outside. All my senses and instincts kept me back, but it was only difficult the first few times. After that, it became easier and easier, and then the burden of unforgiveness was gone. How difficult is it to forgive? This last week I watched a documentary called Free Burma Rangers. It's the story of missionary Dave Eubank who felt a call to go to Burma. He actually had his honeymoon with his new wife Karen in Burma and raised his three children in the midst of the civil war in Burma and the wars in Iraq. Dave Eubank knows a lot about forgiveness. One time he forgave a former Burmese soldier who previously slit the throat of babies. He not only forgave this man, but welcomed him to join their fight to save the Burmese people and introduce them to Jesus. He says, forgiveness is counter-warfare. There's something powerful and spiritual about it. Our enemy will become our friend someday if we forgive him. Another time, filled with deep anger, Dave Eubank wanted to kill the men who had badly beaten and tortured two women. But he got on his knees and confessed to God that nothing in him wanted to forgive these men. So he asked God to help him forgive them. He knew that the antidote to evil is love, but it required the power of God in him to do it. Still another time, a bomb from ISIS killed a little girl who was just hanging on his leg. Filled with rage, Eubank said he was going to go after them and he wouldn't be able to live without doing something about it. When he brought this to God, God told him he was acting out of hate and had to forgive the men. So instead of hunting them down and killing them, he prayed for their surrender to God. He prayed that they would repent and be converted. How difficult is it to forgive? In the face of the worldwide pandemic with lockdowns and food shortages and hardships for our families, it's easy to hate leaders who lie, cheat, steal, and even murder to eliminate their opponents. Should we extend forgiveness even to ungodly politicians? even to evil leaders who blatantly ignore the will of the people and pursue their own selfish political agendas? Should we forgive them? The answer is yes. Why? On a human level, we simply can't forgive such atrocities. But on a divine level, we must forgive because our God is a forgiving God. Every moment of life presents opportunities for choosing. We can respond to life events and choose on the human level 
or on the divine level. Human-level responses seem so natural and normal. But God has called us to live on the divine level, on the supernatural level. He does not want for us a natural and normal life. He wants us to choose and think and act and live on His divine supernatural life through His indwelling Spirit. The Christian response to a person who has wronged him is to forgive. I'm not suggesting for a moment that we don't hold people responsible for their actions. We can and we must. But in every situation, God commands us to forgive. Why? Because our God is a forgiving God. And we are created in His image, the image of a forgiving God. Let's look together at the parable in Matthew chapter 18. Verse 21 says, Then Peter came and said to him, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to seventy times seven. For this reason the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a certain king who wished to settle accounts with his slaves. And when he had begun to settle them, there was brought to him one who owed him ten thousand talents. The debt of the first man in our story was equal to approximately sixty million days' wages. Sixty million! which means that if the man could work 365 days a year, it would take him 164,000 years to pay off his debt. This was, of course, unthinkable and undoable. It was literally a debt that he could not possibly pay. The man's begging and pleading for more time is simply absurd as there is no conceivable way he could ever repay that debt. Then, this same man turns around and goes after a fellow servant who owes him just three months' worth of wages. He throws him into prison, where he will be unable to work until he can repay the debt. It's easy to see ourselves in this parable, isn't it? We who have been forgiven so much by the grace and mercy of God find it far too easy to hold others responsible for that which they cannot repay. We are far too likely to hold a grudge, to give the silent treatment or carry an owed debt all the way to the grave. We must remember that our very slate has been wiped clean We who have been cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ know what true forgiveness is. The enormous burden of sin has been removed and our guilt has been forgiven. We have been brought out of death into life. Now we ought to forgive others the same way that Christ has forgiven us. Did you notice that there is a condition of forgiveness in the Lord's Prayer? Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors.
where Jesus continues in the next verse. If you forgive men for their transgressions, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men, then your Father will not forgive your transgressions. The phrase, as we forgive our debtors, means that an unforgiving spirit pushes the grace of God away from us. God is always ready to forgive, but we are not ready to be forgiven if we harbor unforgiveness in our hearts. My forgiveness from God is only possible when I desire forgiveness for my brother that the wrongdoer may be won back into life again. Wrongdoing places us on the path of darkness and death. Repentance and forgiveness places us back on the path of light and fellowship with God. To practice forgiveness is to practice love. If we have the love of God in our hearts, we will forgive our brother. If our hearts are hard, stern, and unforgiving, then God will not forgive us our sins. 2 Peter 1.4 says that God calls us to share in His divine nature. If we do not bring our hearts to God free from grievance against our neighbor and illuminated with the light of reconciliation with others, we will fall short of His grace. The glorious goal of the Christian life is to put on Christ, to acquire Christ, to daily surrender to the Holy Spirit and live by His indwelling. Unforgiveness keeps us from this goal. One commentator warns, we must learn the blessed lesson of forgiveness for our soul's salvation. For he who does not love his brother abides in death. listening to Exaltation. I'm Father David Masterson bringing you the beautiful, the good, and the true, heralding the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ so that we may experience life in Him.
Let's continue our lesson. We need to see that the capacity to forgive is directly related to the capacity to love. And in the act of forgiving others, we find forgiveness. To refuse to forgive our neighbor is to cease having the capacity to love our neighbor. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? 1 John 4.20 The ability to forgive others requires work on our part, for we must cooperate with the grace given to us by the Holy Spirit. Since we have been forgiven much, we in turn must forgive much. There may be someone listening who yet carries the burden of unforgiven sins. Look into your own heart. If you are weighed down by the guilt of unforgiveness, hear the good news. You can be forgiven of all your sins. It matters not what those sins are. God knows them. He knows our deepest, darkest sins, the ones that we haven't told to anyone, and he stands ready to forgive them. This is the miracle of God's grace. What is required is that you come to him and ask forgiveness. How? By recognizing that Jesus' blood has paid the debt you cannot possibly pay. Your transgression and mine is simply too great to ever repay. That is why we need grace and mercy. That is why we must humble ourselves before God to receive his gift of forgiveness. It is also possible that you come before this gospel passage in Matthew 18 and realize that you harbor unforgiveness against your brother. Now is the time to put things right. Forgive the one who has offended you from your heart. Release that person into God's mercy and grace. It's so easy to point fingers. It's easy to blame and hold grudges. But forgiveness is never easy. God has called us as his followers to higher and greater good. He asks something different from us. He's called us to gracious forgiveness. Why? Because he is a forgiving God. Throughout Christ's ministry, he emphasized the need for us to be willing to forgive others. If we want God to forgive us our sins, we must nurture a forgiving heart. If we hold grudges and remember wrongs, we poison our souls and love has no place in us. The scriptures tell us that the drunkard, the fornicator, the proud, all will receive mercy if they repent. But he who does not want to forgive, but offers excuses and justifies himself, that person closes himself off from eternal life with God. As we are quick to forgive our neighbors, so God forgives us in his great love and mercy. If we refuse to forgive others, God will refuse to forgive us. Our salvation or destruction depend on our willingness to forgive others. For without forgiveness, there is no salvation. We as Christians are to develop a habit of faith. And that habit of faith includes both thinking and doing. 
We are to think daily on the love and mercy of God, and we are to do daily those deeds that reflect the love and mercy of God. We forgive as we have been forgiven. We renounce evil and expose it at every turn. The ravaging effects of sin outrage us in our own lives and in the world around us, and we pray for God's mercy. We grieve over the wrongs others perpetrate upon us, and we hold forth a vision for all people that one day all mankind will be restored to the reign and rule of God. We earnestly pray that all people on earth come to repentance and practice unlimited love and forgiveness. The question for each of us today is, will we forgive? Finally, I want us to see the beauty and joy of forgiveness. What a glorious thing it is to be reconciled with someone else. When we are truly reconciled with one another, we can celebrate with a celebration that is joyous and glad, full of laughter and song. There is fantastic joy in the heart of one who forgives. It's a spontaneous gesture, a gesture of open arms towards another. As the other person begins his apology, already he is embraced, already a new relationship has begun. In the return of the prodigal son in Luke, the father forgave. He ran forward and embraced his lost son. Whoever comes to us to apologize because they have hurt or offended us, we are called to act as the father of the prodigal son. But even more, as Christ constantly does act towards us. Then forgiveness becomes celebration. How difficult is it to forgive? Far too difficult for us to do on our own. It is, in fact, humanly impossible to forgive. That's why we need God's grace and mercy every hour of our lives. That's why we need His Spirit to indwell us and activate our wills to practice the obedience of forgiveness. And that's why we pray the Kyrie eleison from our hearts every Sunday in worship. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Amen. For of him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory both now and forevermore. Amen.
you've been listening to the program Exaltation. I'm Father David Masterson with Godet Ministries. You may reach us on the web at godetministries.org. That's G-A-U-D-E-T-E ministries.org. This gospel outreach is entirely listener-supported. Please help us proclaim the gospel on the radio to a needy world. You may donate online at our website. Your gift, large or small, is gratefully appreciated. Until next time, may God richly bless you with this word of encouragement from the prophet Isaiah. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, does not become weary or tired. His understanding is inscrutable. He gives strength to the weary, and to him who lacks might he increases power. Though youths grow weary and tired, and vigorous young men stumble badly, yet those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not faint.